Hey everyone, Evan the Paramedic Coach. Welcome back to the Paramedic Coach Podcast. I'm gonna give you my five best tips that made me a better paramedic. I went through this the hard way, so I wanna give you the easy route right now and just tell you these best five tips. So here's number one. So the first one is, as a paramedic, you need to learn to delegate to your team. You cannot do everything yourself as a paramedic. This is why we have EMT partners. This is why we have first responders to help us and assist us. So in my mindset, I want to only be doing with my hands the highest level skills that only I can do. For example, if you're on scene with first responders from the fire department and you have an EMT partner, you're the only one that's able to innovate the patient as a paramedic. So you're able to do the innovation, but do you need to be spiking the IV bag? Do you need to be setting up an IV lock? Do you need to be setting up a nebulizer? Do you need to be putting the uh, stickers in the patient? So as a paramedic, we need to use, the biggest thing is using our brain to critically think what is going on with this patient, figuring things out and using our hands for these high level ALS skills. So use and delegate when you can. I'm gonna give you a really great tip here about delegation when you're on a non-critical call like a not a lights and sirens call but still high enough acuity where it's a paramedic level call you can talk to the patient and here it is here watch this delegation so let's say you're i'm talking to the patient right into the camera here we go now miss jones my partner's going to come around and place some oxygen right through your nose it's going to go right through your nose and around your ears And what we're gonna do is put you on a low dose of oxygen just at two liters, it's a very low dose, but this will help you with your oxygen level and help you breathe better. Now, when my partner's doing that, I'm gonna do an EKG, and then we're gonna set up an IV, and then we're gonna start moving. On non-critical calls, you're not, no one feels like you're barking orders. You're talking loudly through the patient, your partner picks that up and starts doing things right? Another way of saying it is, hey, Miss Jones, what we're going to do is an EKG on you. My partner's going to put a few stickers in your chest. While my partner's doing that, I'm going to just grab your arm here and we're going to do an IV. I want to give you that nausea medication. See, that's how you able to command and lead without barking. Here's the thing that you got to know though. When you're on emergency calls, let's say the patient is unresponsive or semi-responsive or a major trauma or a lights and sirens stroke, hard attack, emergency call, that is where you have to go, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. There's no hard feelings. We need to do this right now, right? So, but we don't need to be doing that on a non-critical call. See how we're able to do that and delegate smoothly? Hope you enjoyed that one. Now, the next thing is mnemonics. Two of the best mnemonics that will cover your butt I'm gonna give to you right now. It's Papa for chest pain and Horrid for difficulty breathing. Any patient you see, you need to think worst case scenario. We see a chest pain patient, we say, who's your Papa? This, as the medic, you will will recall and say, okay, I gotta look for these five worst causes of chest pain And if I have difficulty breathing, these five worst causes of difficulty breathing. So the Papa mnemonic is right here. It's looking for pericarditis, do an EKG. Looking for acute coronary syndrome, do an EKG, they have chest pain, right? Looking for signs of 
pneumothorax, the next P. Okay, attention pneumothorax. The next P is pulmonary embolism, and the next A is aneurysm. We got to evaluate our patient for all that. If they have chest pain or any pain from their neck to their hip, do PAPA, right? Now, horrid. We don't want to make a horrid mistake and miss something when you can't breathe. So H is check their heart. Like, could this be CHF? Could this be acute coronary syndrome, a heart attack, right? Could this be, again, pericarditis? Do an EKG, right? O obstructive, is it like a choking victim? Is there something obstructing the airway going on? Positioning, right? Think about that. R is reactive. So do we have tight airways like anaphylaxis, like asthma or COPD? I is infection, think about like pneumonia. And then D is death, or two Ps again, pulmonary embolism and pneumothorax. If someone has chest pain or fully breathing in the ambulance and we evaluate for the papa mnemonic, we evaluate for the horror mnemonic. We've literally covered all the worst case scenarios. And then we document that we look for these things in our charts and that we did see signs or didn't see signs of it and then treat it appropriately. That's quality paramedic care. That's it. That's why you're there. You're there as a paramedic to do what? Find life threats. And if you find one, fix it. If you can't fix it, rapid transport. There it is, right? Now, the third thing, is I want you to challenge yourself as a new medic. I don't want you to get comfortable as a new medic because you will be turned right around when things go bad. What do I mean by this? I want you to always be learning as a new paramedic. I don't want you to get cocky as a new paramedic. So here's what I here's some examples. I want you to try a variety of partners. I want you to try a variety of shifts. I want you to start training some of the new EMTs if you can. I want you to talk to senior medics about calls that they've been on. Some of those things include even, you know, if, if you're able to pick up a fly car shift where you have no partner and you're a solo paramedic going to scenes with other EMTs or another crew, you'll get a lot of experience doing that because you have even more responsibility. You got no partner. It's just you. And then, you know, let me even some volunteer EMTs, right? Or two EMT crew. And then you're a solo paramedic out there. There's no other paramedic to rely on. So that will get you some really great experience. Another thing I want to tell you a quick story. I was doing a education class. Someone walks in and says, hey, we're doing this new thing called community paramedicine. Who wants to sign up for this, this, this study, this trial we're doing on community paramedicine with a local hospital? I'm in a room with 30 paramedics. I was the only paramedic to walk up after and inquire. And then I got that position. It was one of the best things I ever did working as a paramedic. Really enjoyed doing that. Now, that being said, you'll notice that a lot of your peers, they get comfortable. They don't want to press. They don't want to learn. They hate change. Don't be that person. I want you to always push the envelope and learn more and be the best you can be. One bad habit, this is number four, that I see paramedics pick up is they don't think worst case scenario. I cannot tell you how many, it used to bother me so much. So I was a new, I was a newer EMT or even an EMT with a little bit of experience and I was in paramedic school. We go to a chest pain patient. The patient says, oh, I have pain in my stomach. And then the first responder paramedic would be like, well, ah, there's, you know, there's no nausea, you know, your vitals are okay. Well, you know, let's just 
send it BLS. I think, you know, I, I'm not needed here. I'm not even going to do an EKG, you know? That's crazy. That's crazy. If someone has pain anywhere in their upper abdomen, anywhere around, you know, from their neck to their, to their you know, abdomen to their stomach, you need to be doing an EKG, especially if they can't breathe or nausea vomiting. Cannot tell you how many paramedics don't think worst case scenario, and then you hear these stories of them getting burned. Or you hear a story of, oh, someone, you know, we thought that patient was just drunk, but it was a head injury that they missed. Um, oh, we thought it was a simple seizure and they were good. And then, oh, we'll downgrade it to the EMT. Oh, he's fine. And then they treat, transport it. And then all of a sudden they're seizing uncontrollably in the back of the ambulance. And they got to call them nightmares, nightmares, nightmares. Okay, we don't need that to happen. So always think worst case scenario. And here's my big tip. Because we're talking about tips here. And here it is. If you as a paramedic are on the fence of whether you should downgrade the call to your EMT partner or downgrade the call and, you know, let the EMTs just transport the patients to the hospital and you're, you know, you're done, you're going back to base, depending on how you're responding. If you're on the fence, take the call because then you've covered yourself. If you, you know, can clearly say, okay, the EMT can handle this. And you're not, you're not even on the fence. You go, okay, this is clearly BLS. No worries. Vitals are stable. Everything's good. No major life that's going on here. I'm going to downgrade. I'm good. Then, of course, make the downgrade. But if you're on the fence, you're unsure. You're, oh, well, I wonder what can happen. Take it. Now, my final tip here is about leaving your ego at the door. I think of every paramedic that's out there, including myself, okay, everyone's like this. Everyone has strengths, everyone has weaknesses, right? So one thing you want to do is you want to really, as you gain experience, let's see, you go through your first year of being a paramedic. You're going to find you're really good at some things. They're going to find that, man, you know, I've noticed some other paramedics are better at me than this. How can I get better? So don't be scared to sit down with other paramedics, whether they're new, whether they're senior, discuss calls, um, discuss skills. I can't tell you all the IV tips, innovation tips, skill tips I got along the way when I was a new medic and it made me a better paramedic, I, you know, uh, just talking to other providers. And also you may have heard about, you know, that EMTs save paramedics. So don't ever disregard something that your partner sees. That's why you're a team. That's why you're partners. So I want you to leave your ego as soon as you get in shift. There's no ego here. You work as a team with your EMT partner. And if you find that, man, I, I'm doing good, but I, I want to work on this skill. Or, oh, I, I want to work on this assessment. Talk to your fellow, paramedic, your fellow paramedics about this. And sit down with them after shift, or you know, grab a uh, you know, grab a drink after shift. Discuss this. That would be my advice. Something I've done, and I hope that you do that too, because it's going to make you better, make your care better, and the community better as a well. whole. Now, a lot of you asked in the comments about how to prepare for school, how to get through school, and how to pass NREMT. The first link in the description is a study tool that I give to all my students to accomplish all of that. It's called the Video Vault. Inside the Video Vault is over 480 videos of content, audio files, worksheets, practice quizzes, 
or community group. What I do in the video vault is take all the concepts you need to know to pass school at NREMT and I break them down simply for you so that way you just follow along with the videos, you follow the study plan, and you pass. I give my students lifetime access in the first link in the description and I'll see you on the inside.